Hey, it's Travis with the Side Stage Show. Join me every Thursday, noon to 3 p.m. Central Standard Time on 95.9 KRFF, heard throughout the Fargo-Moorhead area. You can also tune in online from anywhere at RadioFreeFargo.org for tunes, guests, interviews, even local community happenings. You can also check out the replay of our interviews on Spotify, iHeartMedia, iTunes, Buzzsprout, and more. Check out the Side Stage Show with Travis. Tune in, turn up, and jam out. Somebody out there has been listening to me. The gods have answered my prayers. I tell you what, this whole pandemic, this whole quarantine thing, I kept telling myself, you know what I need? I need some new American hi-fi music. My prayers have been answered because they recently released a brand new EP. I'm so excited. On the show, on the phone, we've got Stacy Jones from American Hi-Fi. Stacy, how are you? Uh, cheers from Fargo. Hey, Travis, how you doing? Cheers from uh, Los Angeles. How's, Quarantine. <laughs> Quarantineville out there. How's things <laughs> shaking in California? You guys are doing things a little bit differently than we are here in North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been uh, it's been challenging. You know, we've been, uh, we've basically just been camped out at the house here, you know, since about March. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm really fortunate that uh, I have a home studio here, so I'm able to you know, come out and, and get work done. Um, my son isn't in school yet. He just turned four. So he was just going to preschool. So, you know, all in all, we're, uh, we're holding up pretty well here, uh, as far as things go. That's fantastic. Hey, when is the, the last time you were kind of up in our neck of the woods here in Fargo? Man, it's been a long time, but I have to tell you that if you ask any member of American Hi-Fi, like one of their most memorable shows, it is Fargo. And and no disrespect to Fargo, we just we had never been there, and so we didn't know. You know, when we saw it on our routing, we didn't know if anyone would even come see us. You know, so we were we were a little skeptical. Like, okay, I guess we're we're gonna play Fargo. Let's see what happens. And you know what? It was an incredible show. I can't remember the name of the venue, right? But uh, I can see it. You know, clear as a bell right now in 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 my mind's eye. I love and it. you know, I remember it was brutally cold. <laughs> Of course. And uh, <laughs> and we had one of the best shows of that tour, quite frankly, and and I think we all remember it because even after the show, we just hung out and and I think we played like foosball maybe with a bunch of people and just like had a couple beers after the show. Um, so it, it was great. And 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 honestly, I can't remember if I've been to Fargo with Miley or not. Right. I can't. Re- I, I don't recall that, but I do. I do know a high five played there. It might have been two thousand. Three. Oh, okay. So it's been quite a while. Well, we're due, man. And uh, I, oh, man. <laughs> I tell you what, well, you, you kind of nailed it on the head here. I was going to ask, is it because Fargo, it's kind of a bragging factor here, but for the last decade at least, I mean, we've made the top five list of America's drunkest cities per capita. So I'm like, it had to be one of the reasons <laughs> why you remember Fargo, of course. And you said, yeah, you had a couple of beers. I'm like, there you go. We did. I mean, honestly, <laughs> just so, I just remember the fans being so great there and just like, and we just had a real connection that night. And so it's one of those things that you don't forget. Uh, speaking of uh, shows here, we see that you recently played, uh, what was it, the, the Glastonbury Festival not long ago with Miley Cyrus. How the heck did that feel to finally get back out and play with, uh, uh, you know, play a concert for people face to face? Yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, that was that was last summer. Oh, that yeah. was last summer. You know, so. Oh, yeah, I thought that was this yeah. summer. No, that was last summer. I, I, I wish we, you know, we were supposed to be on tour right now. 
Right. Um, so that was one of the last big shows that we did. Oh. Um, but I have, I, but I have to tell you, you know, like playing playing Glastonbury is it's another one of those you know things that you'll never forget. I mean, I think at the time that we took the stage, there were a hundred and seventy thousand people watching Oof. us out there. Wow. Which I mean... is just like crazy. And and I've played some big shows in my life, you know, and I, I'm very fortunate to be able to say that. But right. But that that was the biggest. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you here. I want your opinion. Uh, you know, I I mistake and thought that was recent, a recent show, but do you feel like we're we're getting back to being ready to do shows again? I mean, right now, uh, a lot of America knows that Sturgis is happening, and uh, they're right. still continuing with their concerts, and of course, unfortunately, some of the bands that are playing down there are getting flack for it because there's it's kind of come at your own risk. Do you feel that we're finally ready to get back to shows, or do you think we kind of need to wait out the rest of the year? Your personal opinion? My personal opinion is I think we need to wait. I think it's too early. You know, I just think... I think there's there's so many things that we still don't know right. about this virus and how it's spreading and and what the long term effects for people are. You know, I, there's a lot of reports coming out now where you know people may get this virus, they may be asymptomatic, right? Uh, show no show no signs of it, and then two weeks later uh, they start having organ failure. You Oof. know, and these are like people that are in their 30s and, and healthy. So wow. I just think it's I think it's too early. You know, I think um, I think really it's going to take having some more knowledge about how this thing really, you know, affects everyone right. and what the law lo- and what the long term effects are. It's going to take a vaccine and or, you know, just a really good treatment so I'm- that we know, like, OK, if we go out and we and we get this thing. Um, you know, we're, we have a better chance of, of, of surviving it and not having lifelong complications. You know, I know I know someone personally, you know, that was a friend of mine that uh, was a fantastic musician and songwriter that that got got coronavirus in March, unfortunately, and, oh. and passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, so I, I have some personal experience with it. So I, I, I think we have to be careful. I right. really do. Uh, speaking of the venues, obviously you yourself, you, you played a lot of clubs and smaller venues leading up to uh, the success of your career. What do you think we can do to support our smaller venues, make sure they don't go out of business because uh, we need them when we get back to shows? I know. I know. My heart my heart breaks for that entire community. You know, the club owners and the people that work at those clubs. I mean, it's, it's a it's a tragedy. It really is. And, you know, I know there are some organizations that um, are starting to pop up about, um, especially here in L.A., you know, this this thing called the gig economy. Right. right. That's a big part of, of the economy in Los Angeles. All the people that work on movie sets and TV shows and and, you know, commercials right. and all the venues. So um, all of those people are out of work. And it, it is a real challenge. And so it's something that actually I've been thinking about looking into how how we can, you know, uh, how Hi-Fi or any of the artists that I work with um, can get involved, you know, and, and see if we can figure out a way to, to keep these, these businesses afloat, you know, Absolutely. because when you have to shutter your doors for, you know, it's been a good five months now and there's, you know, it's, it doesn't, doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon. I just, it, like the challenges that those people are facing right now, I just, I can't even imagine. It's heartbreaking. Absolutely. Well, we certainly need them and uh, anything we can do yeah. to help support, you can count us in. That's for sure. Well, like you heard me start off our little chat here, the gods must have answered my prayers because if anything is getting all of us through this pandemic, this contor- uh, this quarantine thing, it's 
it's music, man, and and I've been wanting some yeah. American hi-fi music for quite a while, and and you guys haven't really released anything since I think it was 2016 with your acoustic album. So what do we owe the occasion for the brand new EP? <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. We, I mean, it's we haven't really done much, uh, really, you know, for the last 10, 15 years. To be honest, you know, my. Uh, my day job as musical director has sort of, uh, t- you know, t- is taking up a lot of bandwidth. Right. <laughs> but, um, you know, hi-fi is one of those things that, like, I'm so fortunate that I still have it in my life. It's still the same for guys, you know, from, from day one. And, you know, it's we're, it really, it's, it's family at this point. And so um, every once in a while, I'll, I'll get an idea. And I'll just hit up the guys and say, hey, do you feel like, you feel like doing this? And so one of those ideas was this covers EP. We've, we've, you know, we've done a couple of covers in our career for, um, we covered a, a message in a bottle by the police for a movie soundtrack one time. And we covered a guided by voices song, I think for a charity thing one time. So, um, but we've never really focused on a covers EP. Right. So, uh, so I kind of just hit the guys up and said, Hey, you know, here's what I'm thinking. I want to do it based around that sort of, you know, late seventies, early eighties, post punk pop sort of world. Um, You know, I lived in London during that time. And so a lot of these songs were the songs that I heard on the radio or just kind of in my neighborhood while I was cruising around. So, um, so everyone was, was psyched to do it. And, you know, because of, of, of quarantine and thankfully we all have our, our home studios, uh, we were able to sort of, you know, get it going virtually. Um, and to be clear, we started it actually before all of this happened, but then once reality set in that, um, we were going to be spending a lot of time at home, we, we, we figured out it was a pretty good opportunity to, to finish this thing up. And so that's what we did. Right. Well, you know, coming up next year, I believe January 1st, I was telling myself, uh, I am going to be celebrating New Year's Eve this year, not because I want to ring in the new year, essentially, but I want to make sure this one gets the heck out of here. But uh, (laughs) if I remember right, you guys released your debut album January 1st of 2001. So that means next year you're celebrating 20 years of that debut album. There's a lot of new American hi-fi fans out there. For those who don't know that, hey, Stacy Jones has had quite the cool career. I mean, Letters letters from Cleo to uh, Veruca Salt. What led to American hi-fi? You're going to have to share the story with us again, but what led to American hi-fi coming together? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, you're you're right. I have I have I am very fortunate to have had the uh, the career in music that I that I have and still have, and I, I don't take that lightly ever. Um, Hi-Fi was born while I was playing in Veruca Salt. I was playing drums in Veruca Salt. We were on tour with Bush um, during their heyday. This is during the Razorblade Suitcase album, and so we're playing all these giant arenas everywhere. And there's just a ton of downtime when you're on a tour like that, especially when you're when you're not the headliner. We were, you know, sort of main support. I just got bored, quite frankly, and I, I started teaching myself how to how to play guitar. Um, I'd always I had always fiddled around with it and written songs, but you know, I, I, I sort of decided, okay, I, I'm going to learn really how to do this. And I was watching Gavin every night up there, you know, like jumping around and having a great time. And I just thought, man, that you know, that guy seems like he's having fun up there. I want to I want to see if I can do. This. Right. And it really just was a was a side you know side thing. Right. Anytime I had time off, I would, you know, go back to Boston, which is where I was living at the time, and just get together with the other hi-fi guys and, uh, 
we basically were just drinking beers and playing cheap trick songs, to be honest with you. Cool. And and then it just kind of started turning into a real thing. I started writing a couple songs, and next thing you know, we were you know we were a band. I love it. Well, you're going to be celebrating 20 years of that debut album coming up uh, January of 2000 or 2021. Any uh, any big plans to celebrate? Is there going to be uh, any celebratory shows, a tour, anything that you're already kind of working on? So, yes, I can't believe it's been 20 years, by the way. Oh, my God. Um, so, uh, yes, we are we are going to be doing things uh, next year. I think I am not allowed to say exactly what that is at this moment. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yes, expect... Uh, Expect some some news. Fantastic. Well, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be waiting here at Radio Free Fargo for that news. You know, you, like I said, you've had such a cool career. I mean, Letters to Cleo, Veruca Salt, American Hi-Fi. You're working with Miley Cyrus. In fact, uh, did we see that you were supposed to also do some touring earlier this year with with Matchbox Twenty? Was it the band going on tour, or were you filling in on drums? What was the gig there? Yeah. So I've been playing drums in Matchbox Twenty uh, for about the last eight or nine years now. Wow. I guess so. Um, yeah, the, the, the guy who is the, the original drummer in Matchbox 20, Paul, um, he's still in the band. So, um, a, a, a bunch of years ago, they, um, Matchbox used to have a fifth member that was sort of an unofficial member of the band. Right. And he played guitar and keyboards, sang backgrounds live. Um, at a certain point, he, you know, he left the group. And when that happened, Paul, who was the original drummer, decided that he wanted to take that role on stage when they went on tour. Uh-huh. So he said, hey, I'm going to do the job that, you know, Adam was doing. Let's hire a drummer. Right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I've been, I've been Matchbox 20's drummer when they tour for, I think it's been about eight, eight years now. Wow. So we, we were, to your point, we were supposed to be on the road uh, right now with the Wallflowers. Oh, what a cool tour. Is there any news if yeah. that's going to be picking up next year at all? It is, yeah. It Sweet. is rescheduled for next year. Awesome. Yep. Looking forward to that. Like I said, man, such a cool career. I mean, Letters to Cleo, Veruca Salt, American Hi-Fi, you're working with Miley, you're working with Matchbox 20, just to name a few. But would you have to say American Hi-Fi, that is your pride and joy? That is your baby? You know, that's a, t- that's a tough question. Um, yes, it definitely is, um, because it was it was one of those things that was so unexpected. I mean, I'm a drummer. Right. You know, I... I, I I still don't really consider myself a guitar player or a singer. Um, you know, if you ask me what I do, I'm a drummer by trade. Right. But, but hi-fi definitely will always, you know, have a special uh, place in my heart and soul. You know, Letters to Cleo, too, because that, that was the first band that I was in that, you know, when I joined the band, we were playing in front of, you know, 10 to 20 people, you know, on a Monday night. Right. And and so that band, you know, went on to have, have some real success. Yeah. And, and, you know, that... That was my, everything with Cleo that was my first. So right. the first time I heard myself on the radio, the first time, you know, we played a sold out show, the first time I got to go to the UK to tour, you know, all of those things. So, but every band that I've been in and every project that I've been lucky enough to be involved in, you know, it always leaves a mark, right. you know, n- sure. no question. Absolutely. Well, speaking of pride and joy, I understand you have a cool new project with the misses in your life uh, at Water Punks. Is that correct? That's true. Yeah, we have we started a little quarantine band. My wife and I did. Yeah, <laughs> tell us tell us about that. What kind of style is uh, Atwater Punks? So, so Atwater Punks is kind of uh, it's kind of a it was sort of an outlet for me to sort of almost take on the role of a of a character, right? Um, so almost like a punk rock gorillas or something, you oh, know, cool. like 
so I kind of sing with like a, a little bit of an affect and, and, you know, it's not exactly like, you know, what I've done in the past. Right. Um, the production is certainly nothing like anything I've ever done. Right. So I worked with a lot of like samples and loops and things like that. Um, but it was just one of those things that, uh, again, my wife and I had always talked about doing something, right. um, together musically. And, uh, you know, this, this quarantine, uh, sort of enabled that. I love it. Well, we're going to be playing a track from, uh, the Atwater Punks EP coming up here in just a little bit, but one last question cool. I want to ask you here, like I said, you're, you're influence a lot of up and coming musicians. Uh, you're, you're leaving a great impression with the career that you've had this far and, uh, you still have so much to go yet, but everybody who's looking to get into the music business and, and hopefully do at least a, a fraction of what you've accomplished in your career, what would be your one piece? piece of advice for an upcoming musician? That's a great question. Um, I think that I think that the thing that I've learned over the years is the thing that 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 people really connect with is is honesty and authenticity. So my my advice would be be yourself, right. you know, whatever that is. And just know that whatever kind of music you're making and whatever sort of message that you that you want to get out, you know, there's going to be an audience for that. And the more that you really are revealing your true self and 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 just that authentic, you know, uh, muse that's coming out of you, um, the better, because I think people really connect with that. Uh, You know, I've I've made the mistake in, in my career of listening to, you know, record labels or managers or, you know, other people advising me when they said, hey, you should write a song like this or. You should make a video like this, or you should dress like this. And and, and I, I I thought, okay, I'll try it, you know. And um, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't always work, right. you know. I think um, I think being your your most authentic self is is the way to go. Fantastic. Well, I want to be the first to first of all thank you for your music because more now than ever, it is uh, so important that uh, we rely on music to get us through at least 2020 because what a year it's been so thank you for the music and uh keep doing what you're doing man we're going to cheer you on from fargo and hopefully 2021 your travels bring you our way so we can catch up and see an american hi-fi show stacy appreciate you so much thanks for making time for us here in fargo and chatting on the show travis thanks so much for having me man really appreciate it